You're listening to Comedy Central. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because... Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic. It's the thing that is both almost over and somehow worse than ever. Even as vaccines are making everybody safe, it is clear that COVID-19 is a lot like Benefa in that it is never really going to be over, which is why a new breakthrough in testing for COVID is getting a lot of buzz. Dutch researchers are training bees to detect COVID-19 infections in samples. And they say that it could cut the waiting time for test results from hours or days to down to just seconds. Bees have an unusually keen sense of smell and the bees indicate a positive test result by extending their tongues to get a reward in the form of sugar water. Takes about a month to train these bees. Researchers say that it could be used in parts of the world where there is currently no COVID test available. Ah, you see, people? You see what happens when we don't get vaccinated? I told you guys. What did I say? I said, if we don't get global vaccinations up and running, we're all gonna end up getting licked by bees. Remember when I said that? And now look what happened. Huh? Huh? I also love how they say this is gonna be used in countries where regular testing isn't available. Poor countries always get screwed, man. In America, what do they do? They swab you with a Q-tip. That's the test. But now in Africa, they're gonna be like, my brother, you think you have COVID, huh? What you need to do is put your head inside this beehive and cough, cough again. No, no, you must cough, cough harder. No, don't worry about this thing. They are going to test you, cough again. Why are we even making the bees do this? I mean, these poor bees, they already have so much on their plate. They pollinate our crops. They make our honey. They teach our kids how to have sex with birds. Give them a break. I just hope, that this gets people over their vaccine hesitancy. Because now, if you don't wanna get the vaccine, fine. But that means you gotta get a B test if you wanna go to the club. Hey, what's up, girl? You looking to have fun tonight? Yeah, because, ah, 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 there's bees, ah, there's bees, oh my God, there's bees, oh my God. So yeah, you gonna be in there? I'll see you in there, girl. But let's move on now to some news from the world of sports the Kentucky Derby. It's the Super Bowl for athletes who poop standing up. Well, it turns out that this year's winner may have been downing something a little stronger than a mint julep. 
now to a scandal that's erupted in the world of horse racing. Medina Spirit, this year's winner of the Kentucky Derby, failed a post-race drug test. The Colts Hall of Fame trainer, seven-time Derby winner Bob Baffert, now suspended indefinitely by Churchill Downs. The substance, an anti-inflammatory, was also found in the system of Gamine, another Baffert-trained horse that finished third in last year's Kentucky Oaks race. Former President Trump is weighing in, saying, so now even our Kentucky Derby winner, Medina Spirit, is a junkie. This is emblematic of what is happening to our country. The whole world is laughing at us. <laughs> Yo, guys, I still can't believe this guy was president. I mean, this, this man is a legend. What other ex-president spends their time roasting horses? It is weird, though, to put this on the horse, right? I mean, it's not like the horse wants to take drugs or train all day or race around a track getting slapped on the ass. It's a horse. It wants to do what horses want to do. DJ. They love DJing. At the same time, though, if it was up to the horse, I mean, the horse would definitely take the drugs. Because horse racing is the sport with the biggest difference between winning and losing. If you win, you spend the rest of your life banging other horses. If you lose, you're gonna be holding macaroni art together. And finally, a threat to America's infrastructure that's scarier than Woody Harrelson in the new Venom trailer. If the line at the filling station is a little longer than usual this week, it might just be because somebody has hacked the gasoline. We're gonna begin with this, though, the race against time after a cyber attack on a major source of fuel for the East Coast. Colonial Pipeline halted operations on thousands of miles of pipeline on Friday after hackers forced a shutdown by taking the company's data hostage. Colonial runs pipelines from Houston, Texas to Linden, New Jersey, transporting more than 100 million gallons of gasoline, diesel, jet fuel, and home heating oil every day. A criminal gang with links to Moscow is a leading suspect. There is a ransomware crew known as DarkSide. They use kind of a double tap technique of both locking up the networks and demanding uh, de demanding ransom. Overnight, gasoline futures jumped more than 3% to 2.22 a gallon, the highest since May of 2018. Another concern is panic buying. Analysts worry that nervous consumers could drain gas supplies, which would also push prices higher. Okay, all right, this is outrageous. If you wanna take data hostage, you do it the legitimate way, by getting people to sign up for your social media network. Now, may maybe I'm not that tech savvy, but is there a reason a pipeline has to be on the internet in the first place? Like, who was out there like, all right guys, I think it's fine to transport billions of gallons of oil through this pipe, but what if we could also use it to watch TikTok, huh? And look, hacks happen all the time, but this attack is a big deal. And it could even cause a shortage of gas in America. Which, by the way, Daddy Yankee tried to warn us about, but what were we doing? Too busy grinding to listen. So yes, people are now gonna be going out, trying to buy gasoline before the price goes up again, and it's gonna be chaos. I mean, not for me though, I already have all the gasoline I need. See, the trick, and nobody realizes this, is you wanna save gasoline ahead of time. And the way to do that is you soak up the gasoline with a bunch of oily rags. See? Yeah. And that way, I can stack it up in my apartment and I only squeeze out what I need. That's how you stay safe. The Golden Globes. A great honor for actors and a huge insult to flat earthers. 
You might remember that the award ceremony has been under fire for its lack of diversity and alleged corruption. And with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association dragging its feet about making changes, people have started ramping up the pressure. The Golden Globes, off for now. NBC announced it will not air the award show next year. Another major blow to the Globes following months of criticism from movie stars and Hollywood insiders directed at the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. After an LA Times report that revealed, among other things, none of the group's 87 voting members are black. Netflix and Amazon Studios have both threatened to cut ties with the association. The winner is... Tom Cruise. Now, three-time Golden Globe winner Tom Cruise is joining the growing boycott, returning his statues to the organization. He has three Golden Globes, and he said, nah, you can have these back. That, that's a signal to other prominent white people in power in this industry to step up and fight the fight with us. Oh, boy. You know you screwed up if Tom Cruise is distancing himself from you. And personally, personally, it doesn't bother me if the Golden Globes go away. I mean, because the purpose of film isn't about pleasing snobby critics with golden statues. No, it's about figuring out how to set at least one scene of your movie in China to increase box office revenues. But this doesn't change how crazy it is that the Hollywood foreign press doesn't have any black members. I mean, think about this. You're a group representing the entire world and you can't find a single black person? Africa has like hundreds of them. I mean, one of them will come over and watch a movie. Moving on to cryptocurrency, the preferred money of the worst dude in your group chat. If you've been on the internet at all this last year, you know that the dream of crypto traders is to send their coins value soaring to the moon. And now some people are taking that literally. A cryptocurrency based on the meme of a chubby Shiba Inu dog is paying for a trip to the moon. SpaceX is accepting a popular cryptocurrency as payment for an upcoming moon mission. The Geometric Energy Corporation said it paid SpaceX in Dogecoin to secure a spot for an 88-pound satellite on a mission called Doge One. It's slated to take off in early 2022 and will obtain lunar spatial intelligence from sensors and cameras. Dogecoin is a digital currency founded by two software engineers in 2013 as a joke. It's now one of the most popular cryptocurrencies on the market. Yep, that's right. You can now use the cryptocurrency Dogecoin to pay for a SpaceX trip to the moon. Which means it's time for another episode of our ongoing series, News I Barely Understand. Honestly, people, I can't tell if this story means that crypto is real or space travel is fake. I mean, either way, this is the first space mission where I'm worried that both the rocket and the currency might crash. And even if it is successful, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm worried about using crypto for space missions. Like, I don't want humanity's first interaction with aliens to be an astronaut explaining how the blockchain works. So it's a peer-to-peer digital currency with an online ledger which records ownership through a series of- Stop it. Please stop it. We came in peace, but now you need to shut the f*** up. You know, what's crazy about Dogecoin is that it's so valuable, but almost nobody accepts it as actual money. I mean, it must be really weird to be a Dogecoin billionaire. Hey, what's up, baby girl? I'm so rich, I'll take you all around the world. Hell, I'll even take you to space. Ooh, sounds like fun. But first, I'm so hungry. Can we get a sandwich? 
uh, yeah, uh, in that case, I'm gonna need you to spot me. Yeah. AI is making waves in every field it touches. President Biden is now on TikTok and the election draws closer each day. With so much going on in the world, it is hard to keep up with it all, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdal, the co-host of Make Me Smart. It's a podcast from Marketplace. And every weekday, Kimberly Adams and I break down the latest in business and the economy with short daily episodes to make it easy for you to stay in the know. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts. Congresswoman Liz Cheney, who has spent the past few months saying things that make Trump really angry, like that the election wasn't stolen, that trying to overthrow the government is bad, and that Twitter is still fun without him. Whew. Now, what made this especially ballsy is that Cheney was saying all of this while holding the number three position in the party's congressional leadership, which was making everyone in the GOP pretty uncomfortable. I mean, here they are trying to move past the attempted coup and focus on looking forward to the next attempted coup. But Cheney just wouldn't let it go. So today, they decided to overthrow her. More breaking news from the Hill. Last hour, Liz Cheney was voted out as House Republican Conference Chair. She was number three in leadership. That position is no longer hers. House Republicans are expected to replace Cheney with New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. She has emerged as one of President, former President Trump's top defenders. Cheney spoke to cameras briefly afterwards. We cannot both uh, embrace the big lie and embrace the Constitution. I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. Okay. Wow, I respect Liz Cheney taking a stand against Trump, but it does feel a little less threatening when she's doing it as she's being removed from power, you know? It's got the vibe of a villain falling into a volcano while saying, this isn't over. My man, it's over. No, it's It's over. So, forced to choose between a party leader who told the truth about the election and a party leader who claims that the election shouldn't count because too many people voted, The GOP chose the lie. And if you want an idea of where the GOP is headed, well, there may be no better clue than the person who's expected to replace Cheney in party leadership, New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, who just happens to be the subject in our latest installment of Fringe Watching. Given the state of the Republican Party right now, You might think that the person they're replacing Liz Cheney with would be a 180-proof Trumpist from the heart of MAGA country. But actually, for most of her political career, Elise Stefanik was the exact opposite. Elise Stefanik was not always considered a Trump Republican. Stefanik was seen as a moderate when, in 2014, she won a House race in upstate New York at age 30. She was the youngest woman ever elected to Congress when she first won uh, this office. And at that time, she was a pretty classic East Coast moderate conservative. In 2015, 2016, and the early days of the Trump administration, Stefanik repeatedly and publicly opposed Trump. Opposing him on NAFTA and trade, 
even voting against his signature 2017 tax cuts. She also criticized Trump's initiative to build a wall, saying, quote, I don't think that's realistic. In 2015, Stefanik also disagreed with Trump's calls for a Muslim ban, saying, this is not who we are as a country. And Stefanik wrote this after the release of the Access Hollywood tape. Donald Trump's inappropriate offensive comments are just wrong. Uh, I've disagreed with the president's rhetoric uh, numerous times when it comes to how he addresses women. So Elise Stefanik didn't like Trump's tax cuts, didn't like his trade deals, didn't like his Muslim ban, didn't like his sexism, didn't even like his wall. She basically didn't like anything about Trump, which is insane. I mean, you expect that from Trump's wife, but not a Republican congresswoman. So for a while, Stefanik was pretty much what used to be called a normal Republican. And then in late 2019, she saw an opportunity to make like Billie Eilish and give herself an eye-catching new image. Elise Stefanik became the breakout star of the House hearings for Trump's first impeachment, often tangling with Democrats. To have our Democratic colleagues say these untruthful statements just reeks of political desperation in their continued obsession to manipulate mainstream media coverage. Trump was so impressed at the time, he tweeted, a new Republican star is born. After Trump lost and started pushing the big lie, Elise Stefanik signed on fighting to overturn the 2020 electoral results in both Pennsylvania and Texas. As this newly minted version of Stefanik moved ever closer to Trump's orbit, her fundraising exploded and so did her profile. Stefanik became a regular on Fox News and her cheerleading for Team Trump moved into hyperdrive. Stefanik was clearly on Trump's radar, even if he couldn't pronounce her name. Elise Stefanik. Look, you can't take offense to that. Trump pronounces words like a great jazz musician. You'll never hear it the same way twice, twice. Now to outsiders, this might have seemed like Stefanik suddenly embracing the dark side, you know, like Anakin turning into Darth Vader, except for the part about wearing a mask. But the truth is, she probably just made a straightforward calculation. She saw where the party was going and she decided to go along with it. You know, it's just a little awkward to start rooting for someone after they've been publicly disgraced. I never really liked R. Kelly's music, but now that I've heard the charges against him, it's kind of dope. It's the remister ignition, put the first out of the kitchen. I mean, like, are you guys hearing this? And once Stefanik hopped on the Trump train, she never looked back. In fact, these days, it can sometimes be hard to tell her and Trump apart. Democrats are obsessed with impeachment. They have been obsessed with impeachment. The phony Russia hoax. The phony Russia hoax of Russia collusion. We need election integrity and election reform immediately. We want to be able to fix and strengthen our election security and election integrity. Sleepy Joe rejects the scientific approach in favor of locking all Americans in their basements for months on end. Joe Biden wants to keep them locked up in the basement. Damn. This goes way beyond just agreeing with Trump. It actually sounds like she's preparing to play Trump in a movie. I must become Trump. This is my process. So, in the end, Elise Stefanik surrendered her principles, her dignity, and even her voice to Donald Trump. And what did that get her? Enormous amounts of cash, the support of a passionate base of voters, the inside track to a powerful position in party leadership. 
Yes. Yes, it gave her all those things. But was it worth it? Because it seems like it was kind of worth it. I mean, god damn. The US Secret Service. They're the reason America's president is so comfortable talking all that shit. During the years when Donald Trump was president, we heard a lot about how he and his people caused chaos at almost every government institution. The State Department, the Post Office, hell, he even asked the Department of Agriculture to grow potatoes with all the fixins already inside. But we didn't hear many stories about the Secret Service under Trump. Well, that is until now. Some stunning revelations in a new book, and it says Trump family members became, quote, inappropriately close with some Secret Service agents. Inappropriately close with Vanessa Trump, Donald Trump Jr.'s ex-wife, means that there was a relationship that was formed that the two did date. But certainly this relationship, if it did exist, is inappropriate and also against Secret Service rules. Uh, Secret Service protectors are not supposed to get personal with their protectees as it may compromise um, their situation guarding them. Now, another nugget in here involves Tiffany Trump. It was said in this book that Tiffany Trump developed a close relationship with a quote, tall, dark, and handsome Secret Service agent on her detail after breaking up with one of her boyfriends. This is a, another thing that came out in this post in the Guardian stories, a little teaser from Carol's book that says that Trump did not like the appearance of some of his agents. Uh, he said, uh, quote, I want these fat guys off my detail. How are they going to protect me and my family if they can't run down the street? Wait, hold up. Do Trump's Secret Service agents really need to be that fit? I mean, if we're honest, they only need to run fast enough to keep up with him. Not to mention, if I was the size of Trump, I would want all my Secret Service agents to be huge, just to make myself look thin in comparison. You have one mission to protect me. Your petite president, so petite, so tiny. And uh, as for the Trump women, I mean, come on, are we surprised? Of course they fell for their bodyguards, anyone would. These people are physically fit and willing to die for you? Whew, you find someone like that on Tinder. In fact, getting into a relationship with your bodyguard is actually a good idea in my opinion. Yeah, because then they'll want to protect you even more. I mean, yes, the downside is that when the relationship gets stale, and the danger comes, then all of a sudden they'll be like, am I really gonna risk my life for a person who leaves hair in the shower drain? Ah. Elon Musk, founder of Tesla and man who's definitely shouted the phrase, eliminate him. He's best known for embracing the most futuristic technology, but now he's moved from crashing self-driving cars to crashing Bitcoin. One of Bitcoin's most famous promoters has just turned on the cryptocurrency. Elon Musk tweeting earlier this hour, you cannot buy Tesla with Bitcoin anymore due to the rapidly increasing use of fossil fuels for Bitcoin mining and transactions. Cryptocurrency has long had a huge carbon footprint. Bitcoin plunging on the news here, falling 10%. That's right, people. From now on, people will no longer be able to say, I bought my Tesla with Bitcoin. So now, they'll have to find a new way to be unlikable at parties. But it is shocking to hear this coming from Elon Musk because he has been the guy promoting Bitcoin. And now he says the reason he's doing this is because of environmental concerns. But part of me thinks the truth is 
he probably just lost his Bitcoin password. I mean, maybe he wrote it down on a post-it note somewhere and lost it, or on his kid's birth certificate. But this really goes to show you that Bitcoin has a long way to go as a currency because most established currencies don't go up and down based on a random social media post, right? Like you wouldn't see the effects in real life. Like, can you imagine trying to pay a dollar for a candy bar? But then the cashier is like, whoa, buddy, that stuff's worthless now. Didn't you see Khloe Kardashian's latest selfie? Yeah, oh, buddy. Let's move on now to the coronavirus vaccine. It's the reason you now have specific opinions about pharmaceutical companies. Authorities all over the world have been trying out different ways of enticing people to get vaccinated. Today in New York City, Shake Shack announced that it will give free French fries to anyone who shows their vaccination card. And because you're vaccinated, it's safe to suck the ketchup straight out of the dispenser again, which is really cool. Wait, you're not supposed to do that? And free fries are nice, but Ohio, has come up with a gimmick that blows everything else away. Ohio is offering its residents a shot at winning a million dollars along with their COVID vaccine shots. Governor Mike DeWine announced that beginning May 26th, the state will draw one vaccine recipient to win $1 million. This will happen every week for five weeks. Well, Governor, you're, you're probably getting an A for creativity, but you're getting an F for it. Huh? Is this the right thing to do? And you're getting bipartisan criticism on both sides. I know that there'll be some people who say, well, that's that's a waste. No, no one has tried this. And we just thought that it was worth to try this to do it. Now, this idea is awesome. I support it 100%. And I know some people will say, but isn't helping to save humanity enough of an incentive to get vaccinated? To which I say, hell no. Have you seen humanity? It's full of jerks who will only get vaccinated if there's money in it for them. I mean, forget vaccines. I think the government should use this for every public health measure. If public bathrooms pumped out a lottery ticket whenever you washed your hands, you'd be able to eat off the doorknobs as opposed to now when we have to open bathroom doors with our elbows like we never evolved hands. <laughs> but hopefully this does convince some anti-vaxxers to get the shots. You know, the only awkward part is that if they actually win, then they're gonna have to explain to their anti-vax friends how they got rich. No, guys, dude, it's totally not what you think, man. No, I, I'm in like human trafficking. Dale, I swear, dude. So look, I support doing whatever it takes to get people vaccinated. But you've gotta admit, this is the epitome of a first world problem. How can we convince people to take all the extra vaccines that we have lying around? Hmm, what if we give them all the extra money we have lying around? Meanwhile, Africa is over here like, ah, yes, well done guys, you cracked it, eh? <laughs> you cracked it. And by the way, the best part about this lottery is that you don't have to worry about holding onto a ticket. Yeah, you see, if you win, they'll just find you using the microchip in your bloodstream. And finally, Instagram, Twitter for hot people. These days, there's so much content on Instagram, it's harder than ever to get noticed. It's not enough to just copy a dance from a black kid anymore. White girls are scouring whole new ethnic groups to steal from. It is out of control. And now, one would-be influencer is in trouble for a viral stunt that she couldn't quite pull off. 
And the Miami Herald reports a 28-year-old woman allegedly posed as a high school student to promote her Instagram page. Police say Audrey Francis Queenie tried to blend in with students at the Miami area school Monday. They say she had a backpack and she carried a skateboard as she walked through the hallways handing out pamphlets printed with her Instagram account while recording herself. Security officers tried to catch her, but she got away. They later tracked her down through her Instagram page and arrested her. She faces charges including burglary and resisting arrest. No, people, no, no, no. A woman posed as a teenager on Instagram and she thought she could get away with it by carrying a backpack and a skateboard? Yo, that's like the official uniform of old people trying to pretend that they're teenagers. Like when knocks get kicked off the force, they have to hand over their gun, their badge, and their skateboard. It's a thing. I mean, this must have been so embarrassing for this woman. And also for Matt Gates when he found out he was hitting on a 28-year-old. That's not his swag. And the saddest thing is, after all the work she did and all of that drama, she didn't even end up with a cool story for the gram. Or did she? But guys, I wish people would realize that your worth as a human being is not defined by how many followers you have or how popular you are on the internet. What really matters is that you're a good person who is kind to other people and lives with integrity. Man, I gotta post that. That's gonna get so many likes. That's dope. Before we go, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So please consider supporting an organization called Therapy Aid Coalition. They're a nonprofit committed to providing free and low-cost online therapy to essential workers and to victims of national disasters. So if you're able to, please go to the link below and donate whatever you can. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.